and welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. I'm your host, Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com. And if you haven't done so yet, check out my weekly email where I share actionable B2B marketing tips, website ideas, free goodies, resources, and more each and every Monday to kick off your week with a bang. Why not give it a try over at businessgrowth.email. So joining me today, I've got Ama Hasu. He's the head of marketing over at Venu. Ama, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you, Sam. I'm doing well. How are you? All good, man. Looking forward to today's episode. We're going to be talking about something that probably frustrates the hell out of marketers, the C-suite, the business owners, is why you shouldn't ignore your CRM, something that I know sales reps absolutely love to ignore. Um, in fact, they'd probably rather spend their time talking to customers, ignoring it, filling out that data all day. Um, so yeah, it should be a should be a spicy one, man. So first and foremost, why is why is updating a CRM? Why is your CRM in general so important when it comes to B two B and and marketing? Well, uh, I mean, the option the adoption rate of uh, CRM is just growing all the time. The amount of data in, in CRM is growing all the time. Um, and probably the reason is that uh, comp- these days you have so much data available to use in sales and marketing, and you need a system that's able to integrate to data providers, uh, marketing automation tools, uh, ABM tools. Uh, and that's probably the biggest reason why CRM is so popular. I mean, back in the day, CRM was uh, basically a place where you mark things, you put your notes there. But I think these days CRMs are uh, kind of interconnected, integrated business systems that really um, are a centerpiece of uh, sales and marketing at companies. Mm. And do you think B2B companies that really want to scale, really want to grow, can get away with the old school mindset? Because still, whilst I'm a marketer, I'm a, I, I, I do a lot of selling as well. So I'm a kind of sales rep at heart, um, as I do a lot of the deals here at WebChoice. And I love talking to customers. So I, every time CRM comes into my mind, I think, Oh, that's the place where the inquiries through the website feed through. That's the place where you'll update the current status of the latest, like the deal flow with the customer, how far along the pipeline it is. But from what you've shared there, it sounds like we should be using it for so much, much, much more. Um, as a as a kind of tool, do you think businesses can get away with it just using it, like I said, now? Or do you think it's much more important to use it in the wider focus? Well, of course, it all depends on your business goals um, sure. if you have a very steady business and you you don't really need the information or, or want to grow or expand then probably uh you you can do it as you've always done but uh we have so like there's so many ways of doing sales and marketing and there's this just purely the the amount of data you can use uh to do different things uh it just opens up so many possibilities and i and also like for the salesperson, uh, but I understand if a salesperson goes to the CRM and, and there's like 40 fields in the CRM, like yeah, that, that you don't need, like addresses and 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 this this weird things. Uh, but what if a CRM could like you go to a CRM, you go you you go to a company view or account view, and you only see the most relevant things, like this company just received funding. Uh, this company side is, let's say, <laughs> mid-sized company, and some other like a few few attributes here and there that really help the salesperson give the information uh, that they need uh, to yep. do sales work better. So, 
I understand if you have 40 properties there, 40 fields, and you don't like this, okay, where's the phone number? I just need the phone number. But if it <laughs> yeah. has helpful information for the salesperson, then also the salesperson can benefit a lot from it. Yeah. With your organization, Amo, or any ones that you've kind of seen or worked with, have you had any ways in which you've helped encourage the sales team to, to update the CRM? Because I know from my experience, even our own team, they absolutely hate doing it. And sometimes you've just got to nag the reps to get it done. It's like, what's the latest? I need to know what the latest is on these deals, on these leads. And it's always one of those things that'll lead to the end of the month or the end of the day or the end of the week. Well, one point of view is that maybe salespeople shouldn't update the CRM. Um, for example, you can set up uh, all, all the sort of data enrichment parts so that they don't need to input the basic details there. When they prospect for new companies, all the details would be there automatically. And obviously, you have, you have tools like Gong these days that can uh, that record your sales meetings and even transcribe them and add them to the CRM. So the point is that maybe we should get away from this uh, mindset that the, it's it's only for salespeople to add information to, just to report so that the higher-ups can know what's happening within the sales team. And, yep. and uh, just, just make it a system that helps the salesperson and uh, also benefits the company in, in knowing what's really happening so that the companies yeah. can be what they call data-driven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. let's talk about it in a sec. I'm, I'm sure a lot of salespeople, if they are tuning into this, their eyes are probably lit up. They're like, what? They, that can actually be done. But I don't need to spend like hours at the end of each week just typing all this data up, which is just most of it's just mundane stuff. But yeah, like you say, if you can find tools like Gong or similar to record those calls and update information. It's going to save a lot of time and, and hassles, I'm sure. Um, so why is it important that the businesses are data-driven in your thoughts? Uh, probably because the, uh, the speed and the scale of how, how things move these days. That's, that's one of the biggest reasons. Uh, if you're doing things manually, planning campaigns manually, it's going to take a lot of time. And <coughs> Sorry, efficiency is the thing that we want these days right um but there's also a problem with the if we talk about companies that, that say that we're, we're data driven what that actually means is if, if you if you take it to the it's, its rawest form it means that you're you're actually placing or making all your decisions based on the data you have so you're using very little intuition and you're like basing like okay this customer segment is growing uh so we need to, or this is a very good customer segment for us, a prospect segment for us. We need to really hit and, and go after those companies. But yep. what happens if the data is like 71% correct or 68% correct, and you're basing your decisions on that data? It can really turn right. it against you. Mm. Interesting. So this is a bit of a tough one, but in your experience for, for say, a B2B technology organization or B2B SaaS company, are there specific things that you should always be measuring? Are there like five things without measuring these, you're you're basically missing out on revenue? Hmm. Five things. Or <laughs> oh, it could be less or it could be more. <laughs> so the things you should be measuring based on the, the CRM data, or we're talking about like uh, metrics for growth or, or just like, well, uh, obviously, like these days, lifetime value is a very important thing. I mean, I wouldn't just like, I, I wouldn't just rely on like, how much business do we create? Will we create in the next quarter? 
but yep. also taking into account that how much, how can we develop these accounts, uh, you know, through upselling and, and really make the lifetime value as high as possible. And obviously when you have, when you measure things on lifetime value, you can really see, you can even base your ICP, your ideal customer profile on that. What are the customers that ultimately generate uh, most revenue <coughs> over time for us? Yeah, that's one. Uh, I guess in the SaaS business, ARR growth always important. Uh, um, but I'm sure there there are other ones uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So looking at lifetime values, looking at kind of how profitable or the most profitable customers that are currently um, clients, looking at annual recurring revenue, those kind of things. Um, and you mentioned something interesting just now, Emma. You're saying you use the percentages of data to to actually make decisions. Um, so tell us a bit more about like how you how you do that and what you should be considering and what kind of percentage ways how a decision should be made. Well, that was more like a, a philosophical thought. That uh, can you be like? Do you want to rely on data that's just that's that's not complete? But you mm. could do an exercise. You could look at your CRM, all the accounts or companies or organizations that are in there. Uh, you could see, uh, like, are there? Do you have industry data on industry data on all companies or size or location? There is the data complete, right? And uh, if it's like, I mean, that's easy. Then you could, could theoretically calculate a percentage, um, and then you could say, like, okay, we have a pretty good database. We can really calculate our, our sort of uh, our TAM or our like like the market that, that we can sell to, yeah, um, and those sorts of things. But that's like more philosophical. But but that that the point was there that make sure that it's clean, the data is clean before you start making decisions based on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And are there any ideas? Because I'm a bit of a I mean, I understand data on the basic level, but I'm a bit of a noob when it comes to kind of the finer details as maths isn't my strong point. But when you say kind of keeping your data clean, keeping it up to date, are there any kind of best practices around that that businesses should consider? Well, let's look at it from the perspective of the salesperson. Uh, mm. It's Let's say that in an optimal situation, uh, the company has defined the ideal customer profile. That's very clear. We go after, let's say, companies in <laughs> this industry, in these locations, uh, roughly this size that use might use some uh, certain technologies. Like if you're, uh, if if you're selling, uh, you know, chatbots, it's it's beneficial to know what kind of chatbots uh, companies use. Uh, have yep. they re- recent received received funding recently? Have they have they been through mergers and acquisitions? Yep. Uh, and when you've got all that cleared, then it's really easy to populate your CRM with all the companies in your target market. And uh, then you have all the necessary details of each company, and then you can just split it. Okay, your sales team takes this bunch of companies. Got it. Your sales team takes this bunch of companies. And then when the salespeople go to the CRM, it's full of uh, they, what they see is that the relevant information that's relevant for them. Uh, let's say like, you're an expert uh, on companies that have recently gone through mergers. So you're like, okay, I can work with these companies. Or, mm. So kind of like starting from the fundamentals and making sure that the sales, what the salespeople see in the CRM is relevant for them and their work. 
Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like you're, we're, we're getting into now setting up a CRM for almost like an account-based marketing play where you're working out the, the, the accounts that you want to tap into or that you want your sales team to, to start getting into and then putting those details that are most important. Like you say, if you're targeting companies that have recently got a round of funding um, and then there's other bits and pieces that you want to know that might be useful intel when you're going out and prospecting them cold, whether that's over the phone or email or serving content to them or ads or things like that. Um, what might be quite fun, Amo, is if there's like a, a step-by-step play that you'd like to do from kind of doing those things we just mentioned, or maybe even before that, really, when it comes to kind of thinking of the key fields that you should put in the CRM and then how you how you build out, how you map out those ideal, clo- ideal client profile accounts and then what you do before you pass it off to sales. So you want me to describe the, the sort of ideal process? Uh, yeah, a recommended process, a little step-by-step might be quite fun. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, you mentioned something about the, about ABM. That sounds like an ABM approach. It probably is. I, I think that uh, why sort of wouldn't you uh, use a sort of ABM type of approach? Um, I mean, there's lots of definitions. I think uh, if you look at LinkedIn, there's lots of definitions that people are arguing about what's the definition of ABM. But the fact is that you can't, you can't do marketing to all the companies in the world. You, you, your salespeople can't be calling all the companies in the world. Will it be better to focus on a specific set of accounts anyway and prioritize them based on some sort of uh, change that has, that has change that has happened uh, in, the, in that company? Yeah. Um, let's say like they received funding or they just opened up a new branch, like in Bristol, for example. Um, and, and then just like I have the ICP and then I'm going to prioritize based on when is the right time to sell to these companies. And it's pretty easy. If you ask your customers, sort of, what was the sort of situation that that you were going through when you decided to buy our service, and then they start talking and, and explaining things. So that gives you a lot of valuable qualitative data. It doesn't always have to be uh, like massive amounts of spreadsheets or, or data data sheets. It could just be in data is also talking to people and recording that. Yeah, 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 I like that. But the the sort of framework, well. I kind of talked about it before, but you know, it starts with, with the ICP definition, um, and then you recognize the accounts. You have everything in your CRM. You enrich the CRM with, with the accounts you need, and then you divide those accounts to the, the right salespeople, and you prioritize those accounts based on uh, recent changes that has happened uh, in those, in those uh, companies. And then the outreach, of course, is, uh, I mean, well, here at Vinyl, we have the same method. I mean, my marketing budget basically, if we talk about ads, is mostly spent on LinkedIn. And I target yeah. the exact same accounts as my salespeople or our salespeople go after. So we have like a, a, a we have many ways of approaching and approaching the the uh, companies that uh, we feel that most benefit out of our services. Yeah. 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 That. I love that question. So you mentioned something earlier, like you're asking your your existing clients what was going on when you realized you had a problem or you realized there was an issue you need to fix or you had this frustration and then you, you reached out to us and, and 
you knew that you need to fix this problem you need to inquire about our services or take up our product um how are you then leveraging that as data like what what kind of key points would you take from that that would then influence the the crm data and then pass off to sales or also influence the marketing you put out like how do you piece those things together well i would do it in in, in batches uh, i mean if you have like a thousand customers it's it's uh, pretty difficult to ask them but and, <laughs> and they might not remember but i would sure. have a simple process of in the onboarding or it actually might be too late at the stage where where the customer basically signs the contract say okay let's let's start this thing then i would actually have like a quick interview uh, well it doesn't have to be an interview you can just ask them it takes five minutes to ask them a, a few questions about you know why did they uh, choose us were they considering some alternatives um and uh but the main thing is that so what was the sort of what was happening in your company was there sometimes it's not it's not anything it's like okay the, the salesperson approached me and it seemed like a good fit so sure uh, we need this but there's usually some sort of pain or business problem that they're trying to solve so recording that as well is important yep. and then you can have like uh you can i would recommend adding it uh of course in the crm as a field in the company yep. or the or the person and then at some point it's easy to sort of export these are the accounts we won last quarter uh, and these are the reasons why they, they chose us. And these were the things that the changes that were happening within their industry, or maybe it was a ma- like a macro change, like something happening in the world mm-hmm. that affected this. Uh, and then you can analyze it with your sales and marketing team and use that data to improve it. Nice. How do you leverage those problems, those frustrations that you get from those interviews? So let's say there's a common pain point that is really often coming up a lot of customers say that that's that's the reason when they reached out to you how do you then use that to your advantage well uh at least in marketing we can change the messaging uh and obviously because we know the companies we're going after because we have the account list and we're we're doing marketing towards the same account list and i can see okay these are the similar companies these are similar companies that most likely have a similar problem problem uh, uh, as these companies that just signed with us. I can yeah. change the messaging towards those companies. I can, I can, you know, I can have a podcast episode about it or, or do some video clips where I interview experts or even those customers about like, the problems we solve. So that is, is one way of doing it. And obviously, same thing for sales, um, even in the initial outreach. Uh, you can change the the pitch a bit to suit this. So finding sort of lookalikes based on based on data you get from from current customers, and you don't. And sometimes you you can ask, okay, how do you find the companies from those? Let's say you have like ten thousand target accounts. How do you find like the companies that would most likely be experiencing similar problems? Well, obviously, you can use company data, like from an external provider, for example, from Vino. I mean. If if we take the naive example of the merger, so we we went to a merger last year, and that it, uh, and they say that the, the customer says that we just went to a merger and it caused the X and Y problems, and right. that's why uh, we took your uh, we bought from you. So Got then it. you could look up which companies have done have had recent mergers or opened up new locations or anything like that. So find similarities from the prospect pool, and then change the messaging in the in marketing and in sales to sort of 
suit that. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically almost leverage getting this data from from your your customers right now, then using it to your advantage, looking for how that can how those problems, those frustrations they came to you with, can then be put together in content that you can then serve up to your focus accounts. But then you can also look for lookalike accounts by using data by finding companies whether they've like you said they've just got a merger they just had funding or they've just had something similar that was the cause of this problem to um get more customers that are gonna basically ramp up revenue and, and be profitable for just like the other clients just onboarded really makes sense and over, yeah and over time i mean i think in, in the beginning you might have these long answers like that you're adding to the crm on the company some field there but I think over time you'll start to see patterns and mm. then there might be like a few common ones. Yep. And then it's easy to create a pick list in the CRM. Like, okay, it was yeah. this reason. And then when you have pick lists, you can easily export or, or analyze those companies. Cause you can just say, get me these companies that correspond to this pick list option. And then you can say, okay, these are the 200 or let's say 20 companies or 30 companies. Uh, or 100 companies and okay let's find similar companies well, let's mm. see what's in common with them and 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 and, uh, and let's find more easy as that <laughs> it sounds easy but it, <laughs> it, it can be it, but what it actually requires is that that uh vigorous it has to be a, a rigorous and vigorous maybe process uh like it's so easy to forget this i mean you know as a salesperson when you get the contract signed Asking these questions might not be the first things in your mind. There's obviously lots of things you have to think about. Uh, sure. Uh, maybe celebrate a bit, but, uh, <laughs> but let's get that. Go to the pub, then, uh, then yeah. uh, start the project, do the onboarding, then ask yeah. the questions <laughs> in that order. But it could be like if we go to like the CRM level, again, how to leverage CRM. It could be that when you mark the dealers one, it, you have to answer the questions. And it yeah. won't sort of put it won't put the case forward until those questions are answered. So that's one way of sort of not thinking about it, letting automation uh, handle it. And uh, that's that's one tip. I had one yeah. other tip, but I forgot it while while I was talking. Maybe it will come up. Yeah, later you, you on. might think of it in a sec. But that's that's helpful certainly for myself and the audience. So yeah, we've talked about quite a few useful ways that you can utilize your CRM. You can work out your ideal client profile. You can hit target accounts, look for lookalike accounts. Are there any other angles that businesses that want to scale should be thinking about utilizing their CRM that we haven't yet covered? Mm, well, we covered so many topics. It's really difficult to pinpoint uh, another one. Well, Maybe one fundamental thing that maybe a fundamental thing we didn't necessarily discuss deeper was the fact that uh, if sales and marketing are going towards the same target accounts, uh, it would be beneficial if the sort of cooperation between sales and marketing would be very much aligned and right. they would be working on the same system. Uh, you know, sometimes you have marketing automation systems separate from the CRM. But it should be, you know, marketing, marketing people should be able to see what's happening with the cases so that they get a continuous uh, feedback loop. So maybe it's a, a, it's not only for salespeople. Um, it, it should also be utilized by marketing. 
It can be quite tricky, right? Like you mentioned there. So if you've got various marketing automation tools, whether you're using like a outbound sequencer or you're nurturing existing clients or you're sending these email feeds or whatever the heck you're doing on marketing, whether it's outbound, inbound, whatever, because not every tool integrates with the same CRM, do they? Um, not every tool speaks to each other. Not every tool has a simple integration or an API or something like that. How do you kind of manage those kind of things? Because doesn't it piss your team off when they've like got a flick between like five, six platforms every day and then sales are trying to do their job and you're telling them to check this and those kind of things can be a headache, right? Yeah. I, I saw one piece of research that said that salespeople use on average 17 tools, something like that. But wow. obviously it could yeah. be 20 or five, whatever. I think if salespeople would prefer to use only one tool if necessary, or if even that. Um, but uh, I would really think about uh, the situation where you're at. Uh, I mean, we used to use HubSpot for marketing automation mostly and Pipedrive for CRM, and then we migrated right. to HubSpot. What, we, what, we th what we're thinking about was sort of the sort of future so, so how do we want to run things uh, in the future? So hmm. these things take time, but if you have like a, if you have tools that don't uh, integrate well, but there are means and ways of, you know, getting the data from a system to another. But if you want to sort of start uh, from scratch in one way, like combining everything to one, and I would really think like, what would be the ideal scenario in a few years and what kind of problems uh, can we run into uh, unless yeah. we, we take we take good care that everything is well planned and thought through? Uh, for example, uh, if you're not collecting some some data field or property or some some data point from the beginning, it can really hurt you in the future. Um, I don't know. An example would be uh, when a customer visits your website or prospect visits your website. So make sure you're already you're measuring that as well, and that's in the CRM. So you can see like how many times they've been there, and which pages. Um, so, uh, so there's two options: either either glue them together or start from scratch and really think what would be the sort of ideal scenario in the future. Yeah, because it's a painful thing, right? If you've got a move CRM and you've got quite a big sized team, um, if you've got a lot on your marketing yourselves and various other departments that are using it every day, and then you decide that you want to shift all the data, like it's not a quick job, is it? And um, so it's something like you say, you've got to plan very carefully and make sure the thing is as, as seamless as possible. <laughs> yes. Cool, man. It's not easy, well, it's not easy yeah. but if you have the, if you, if you want that, if that's your goal, then I, I think that, that, and you want to grow as a company, I think yeah. the benefits really outweigh the effort in the long run. Nice one. Well, look, Emma, really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for sharing your ideas, insights, and some really useful tips when it comes to CRM, utilizing data, being data-driven, and using it all to your advantage of your marketing and your sales force. So with that said, please do share more about Have One Tuning In. Can learn from you, connect with you, and anything you'd like to point our audience to. Uh, excellent. Hey, you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Anar Hasu, and... Uh... Obviously, if you want to try out Vinyl, we talked a lot about company data, uh, enriching your CRM. Obviously, Vinyl helps with that a lot. So you can go to vinyl.com. Um, and we do offer a, a free trial. Uh, so if you fill the form, we'll meet with you. We'll set it up. And you can see how the data would work for you uh, yourself. 
Nice one, sir. And we'll put all of those links on the show notes over at businessgrowth.marketing. And with that, I want to thank you once again for coming on the show. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Cheers, man. And as always, if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Or if you're on the audio podcast, a quick rating or review goes a really long way. And with that, we'll catch you on the next one for more actionable, no BS, B2B marketing tips, grow your business and grow your revenue. Cheers for tuning in.